You're listening to the Helpful NPCs podcast. We offer ideas to make your tabletop role-playing games even better. The Helpful NPCs podcast is not safe for work. Our immaturity is matched only by our vulgarity. You can check us out at helpfulnpcs.com or contact us at info at helpfulnpcs.com. All right, welcome to our podcast, Chapter 5, Loot and Plunder. If you haven't listened yet, in Part 1 of this podcast, we talk about how to spend your gold. In Part 2, we talk about how to manage your inventory. And in this, Part 3, we're going to talk about the Pack Mule Sidekick class, which Tom and I have developed for Playtest. Players really like sidekicks. That has been my experience in every version of D&D that we have ever played. Absolutely, the player characters should be the star of the show. But players always like having that, like, oh, we recruited this guard that we met in town who happened to roll a crit when we're fighting this dragon, so this guard must be a badass. Or... They love the, oh, we turned this goblin good, and now this goblin's a member of the party. Players generally super like that, and they love to recruit them. But it's very important to note that the PCs are still the star of the show, and under the current system, just sort of basic D&D, your sidekicks are going to die. So you recruit a guard from town, you bring him into a dungeon, he's with you regularly, He's probably going to get cacked, you know, by level three. So there is a sidekick sidekick system that does exist in the game. It's in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. The general premise is you can recruit a monster. I believe it has to be CR one half or less. Is that correct? Something like that. And you just kind of stick these sidekick levels onto it. The sidekick levels equal the party levels. It's not honestly our favorite system i think it's under designed and overly simplistic and because monsters aren't built the same way as pcs in fifth edition there's a fair chance that the monsters can end up better than party members Mm -hmm. especially if your party gets the wise idea of turning them into a spellcaster Yes, yeah, so there are three options there. There's uh, the expert, the spellcaster, and the warrior. I'm not a big fan of the system. Only the expert really assists the party in any way, which is what we think a sidekick should be doing. They should be there to make the party better. That's kind of their role. But the specific problem with the other two classes, the spellcaster and warrior, is that they just serve as a power-up to the party. Yes, they're just a pet character in their own right, and sometimes they can get stronger than the party themselves, at least in the warrior's case. Now, Ryan, how do you feel the expert differs from those other two in that it assists the party rather than empowers them? It literally helps with the assist action. Like, it has mechanics that make it better than at the assist action. The warrior and the spellcaster just do magic or fight. So, uh, the expert is better... But it doesn't really do what we think a sidekick should do. So to talk about some of our goals with this pack mule class, because we're going to have more sidekick classes that we've designed going forward. This is kind of just the first one. I think we have another 
four in the works that we're planning to release kind of our playtests for. Mm-hmm. Our goal with the sidekick is it assists the player character classes, but doesn't necessarily enhance them. One of the things you have to be sensitive to in this game, I think, is don't just add more hit points or more damage to the existing party. You want it to fulfill a role that is adding something to the party, but is more like a quality of life enhancement than it is a buff. We need this to fulfill a niche. So something that the existing classes, the existing characters don't do. I will say, though... If you want to pass us any sort of constructive feedback, feel free to contact us at uh, helpfulnpcs at... Let's try contact us at info at helpfulnpcs.com. Tom's got it. And it doesn't need to be that constructive. You just want to take a big old shit on the pack mule, that's fine too. That is actually not true if you uh, email us to just give us a bunch of crap or to be condescending or shitty, we will just delete your email. No one on the internet would do that. No one. I enjoy all fan mail. No, you don't. All right, tell us about the pack mule. About the pack mule. So the pack mule is born from something that we have always done in our game, which is we always get a pack mule at low levels, and we want to keep it with us. This goes all the way back to college games Tom and I played, and we can't be the only people that want to do this. So the pack mule is kind of there to carry shit for the party, but what we wanted to do with this class was create something that continues to serve the party and can survive. Even in, like, third edition, there are not great rules for enhancing your pack mule. Your only real choice is, like, yeah, you can try to add some hit dice to it, but then it doesn't get any features. Magical barding. Magical barding helps a little bit, or you can ask your jam if you can, like, give it fighter levels, but that's wonky as fuck. And then again, it's not really a sidekick, it's a character in its own right. So it's got to enhance the party. A couple of other things that we've drawn inspiration from. Dungeon Siege. Did you ever play Dungeon Siege, Jake? I knew of it at the time, yeah. didn't get into it. Dungeon Siege is a third-party role-playing game where you have a party, and one of the characters you can buy is a pack mule that, like follows your party around and levels. And then in the second game, it, like, gets special powers. I think it, like, makes your your characters better at carrying or something like that. It's an amazingly fun game if you're an old fart, (laughs) which we are. Which we are. Also, a little bit, you'll see that in this class, (laughs) Shrek. So, I don't know if you guys remember this, but, you know, in Shrek, you had, like, the weird uh, dragon donkey creatures. Uh-huh. There's a little bit of that in this pack meal. We kind of drew some inspiration from that. And if anybody here has ever read Wheel of Time, there's a horse called Bella. And whatever happens in Wheel of Time, somehow Bella always seems to be there. Actually, there's a fan theory that Bella is, like, the creator like watching everybody it's sort of like the stan lee is the watcher sort of fan theory but anyway every time they're in town and they're like oh we need to escape let's escape with bella and another horse something like that i wrote down hodor from game of thrones why is it like hodor <laughs> because he just carries bran around the whole time <laughs> he doesn't really do anything else that's not the same thing <laughs> side, I... side note do not make your pack mule a mentally challenged person <laughs> well, i don't know why not uh you also forgot the 
better, more iconic example, Bill from Lord of the Rings, Samwise Gamgee's pony, who returns to Bree safe and sound. But he's not with the party. He's just kind of there at the beginning, and then they like go back and get him later. But it doesn't matter, because Sam is still the best character. I Some guess. would say the main character. Mm, ooh, not a debate I care about. So, the design goals of this class. We want it to be useful for the party. Something that is usable throughout lots of levels. We want it to be survivable, which is we want it to be able to, you know, not get uh, ganked as soon as it steps into the situation with the dragon. And ultimately, we still want it to still be a mule, which means we add some sort of light combat features to it. But it's not a fighter doing like monk kicks and it's not generally doing magic like it might have a little some magical traits but it is still a mule and it still serves that function that a mule does primary uh difference to note between this and the existing sidekick system we recommend that you sort of cap the hit dice of the mule at the player's level which is to say mules in 5e have two hit dice so the level of the pack mule class should always be a couple levels behind. What Ryan means to say is that a level one pack mule has three hit dice total and adventures with oh. a level three party. So what does the pack yeah. mule kind of do that? What what advantages yep. over a normal mule? So the pack mule has a variety of features as levels like any other NPC class or PC class. Just kind of want to highlight the main ones. Um, it gets cunning action. The design behind cunning action is the pack mule is constantly running around and hiding. Its class defining feature is what we call the party inventory. The general idea is just like a fighter being good at stabbing things becomes super good at stabbing things. A mule who is good at carrying things becomes super good at carrying things. And eventually the mule sort of is so well trained that any party member standing next to it can use its inventory as if it is that person's own. So the idea is you need a healing potion, you're out. You kind of coax the mule over to you in the middle of the fight. Now, while the mule is survivable, the mule is not a tank, so you'd want to be careful about coaxing it over to the fighter when there's a dragon standing right there. But the general idea is... Everybody gets access to this inventory as long as they're anywhere near it because the mule is so well trained it can sort of react to what you need it to do. One of the other traits, perhaps its other defining trait, is what we call its bloodline. This is sort of the only supernatural, like, mystical element of the mule. It's wacky and fun. It is wacky and fun, and I kind of questioned whether we should do it, but I totally went for it. It's inspired by the idea that mules... Being a, I'm actually, I was fascinated by this. I did some research, and by research, I mean I looked up the Wikipedia article on mules. By being a blend of donkey and horse, they get certain traits that neither the donkey nor the horse possesses, which is to say the mule is generally the smartest of the three. I'm fascinated by this idea that it's literally a blend of two different species. Other than the esteemed and mystical Liger, you don't really see a lot of this anywhere in the world jackalopes. except for owl bears the real world babe jackalopes god damn it you two and by being this weird mix 
it's sort of able to draw on some weird distant relative of the horse, which could be a nightmare or a Kirin or a unicorn um, or dragons because dragons will fuck anything. Yes, the joke is dragons can polymorph into anything and will fuck anything. Wait, so you can explain anything. the joke, nerd. Now it's ruined forever. No. no. Also, the Kirin is my favorite. I totally had the most fun designing that one. No one knows what that Thank is. Thank you, Tom. A Kirin is a... I think it's Japanese. I think it's Chinese. It's in so much research. Are we racist for not knowing where the Kirin is from? A Kirin is an Asian uh, magic horse that is similar to a unicorn, and it walks on water. It's in 5e. So the pack mule is something, uh, probably the first of these classes that we're going to do. We do have some more coming up. We would love anybody who has feedback or has some time to play test it to kind of take a look at it. It may show up in my next D&D game that I run, hint, hint. And we're going to be playing with some other classes soon. We have the Campmaster and the Scrivener, the Hospitaller, and the Guard coming up thus far. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Like I said, if you want to check out part one, we talk about how to spend and manage your money in Dungeons & Dragons. And in part two of this podcast, we talk about how to manage your inventory. Thank you for listening to the Helpful NPCs podcast. For more content, check us out at HelpfulNPCs.com. If you have any feedback or requests for topics, you can reach us at info at HelpfulNPCs.com.